there are tons of issues in every culture, every society, in every country. And some of the more pressing issues that we've seen in India is against women and intolerance among different people groups, among different religious groups. And so we want to challenge the young to have tolerance against their brothers, up against their sisters, and to learn virtues of love, respect, and honor. So we go to different schools and colleges, and then we have awareness campaigns in the city, in the marketplaces where people come. Welcome to this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Hi, I'm Byron Tyler. Pleasure to have you here today. We want to go to the land of India. My good friend Sam Shaw, who's the lead pastor at the Orchard Fellowship in Collierville, posted on his Facebook page him and a couple of friends from India, Ramesh and Jojo. When I saw the picture, I thought, that looks like a really neat fellowship they're having together. And that's what ignited today's conversation. You're going to be really encouraged today, I know, to hear the story of Ramesh Lang. I mean, make sure I didn't ask their last name. I went by Ramesh and Jojo. Ramesh, tell me your last name. Well, this is Ramesh Lange from New Delhi, India. Lange. Did I say that right? Yeah, that's Lange. Right. Which language in India do we speak primarily besides English? Hindi is the primary language of India. Why don't you give a greeting in Hindi? Namaste, everybody. Okay. Everybody. Is that Hindi? I got it's English. No. <laughs> no, we're out for real treat this afternoon, though. We have father and son. This really makes today's show, to me, very exciting when you see father and son doing ministry together. Both gentlemen have been working in India for all their life. I mean, living in India, obviously, doing ministry, raising their family. What exact part of India, Ramesh, do you guys live? We live in New Delhi, that is the northern part of India, so that's where our ministry field is. That is an area that is quite different in the southern part. When you think about the masses of India, which is 1.6 billion people, I believe, or thereabout, the second largest populations of people group in the entire world, with over how many different languages and dialects that are spoken, I guess? We have uh, 16 major languages that have been uh, printed, and beside that, we have about 4,000 unreached people groups. Out of that, over 300 uh, people groups do not have languages, so that's how it has been so diverse, you know, and India is sort of divided into about 28 states, so every state has their own language, uh, their own culture. Some of the languages have been developed, some of the languages have not been developed, but Hindi is a major language that basically unites the whole country. Jojo, when we talk about New Delhi, I mean, we're talking about a major city here with how many people? We're talking anywhere from 26 million to 32 million, and every year we see an influx of two to three million additions uh, because of urbanization and work and industrialization. People want to come in and find jobs and for opportunities. You know, I just did a radio show recently talking about urbanization, and we were talking about it as it impacts those living here in the U.S., but you can really see the difference when you look at countries around the world, countries like India, and and see the influx, people looking for opportunity, I guess, to have a new career, provide for their family, to build a life, I guess. Is that what you're seeing? Yes, sir. You guys have some real strategic ministry that takes place. And before we go there, I want you to maybe give us a little bit about your background. I mean, your family, obviously, Ramesh, I know that Jojo is your son. Do you have other children? Tell me about your wife and about growing up where you did in India. Yeah, well, I grew up in northern part of India in Madhya Pradesh, and then we have 
I've been living in uh, New Delhi. My wife, Gloria, she works with World Vision. She has been ministering to the children. And uh, we have another son. He lives in Dallas. And, and uh, he has been uh, working here. So that's how we started our work in northern part of India about uh, 27 years ago. And it all started with uh, short-term mission trips coming to our place. And that ignited the work, and the work has grown up so much that uh, thousands of people are being blessed every year, and we baptize them. So God has been good, and it all, you know, the saying is that a uh, thousand-mile journey begins with a single step, yes. and this is what these short-term mission trips do. What about generation of Christianity? Where would your family fit? Will you... First generation Christian, tell me about your family religious heritage. We came from a uh, Christian background. My mother and father, they were Christians, and that's how we came to the church. But it came a time in my college days that I accepted the Lord personally, and I knew that uh, I have to follow him, and that's how the God started leading my steps, and I came into the ministry. Jojo, for you, growing up as the son of Ramesh, your father, who was a Christian doing ministry, I I guess a pastor, too, growing up. Is that right? Yes. What was that like for you and seeing the difference of Christianity lived out in your home and knowing that you were in a culture that probably didn't necessarily promote Christianity? You saw a lot of various different religions around you, from, I guess, Muslim to Hindu and other types of religion. So uh, even though... You had it lived out before you in the home. You saw all these other religions around you. Yeah. So from what I can recall from the stories from my mother's side, I am the fourth generation Christian, and I think that's a privilege. But growing up, you know, I was sharing the other day at Orchard Church, and I was kind of telling how through my college and school life, I never knew a single Christian student that I could engage with or be friends with. Growing up in India as a Christian is not cool. It's hard because you can't relate with people. You can't relate with those that are around you, with their ideologies, with the way they think and with the way they treat you because, you know, virtues like love, peace, forgiveness, gentleness, kindness, these virtues aren't necessarily seen outside Christian homes. And so for me to go out of our house to come back, it was almost like going from light to darkness or darkness to light. And the only point of reference that we had about Christianity, about the gospel was when people would come from different parts of the country as missionaries, we would hear from them about Jesus and the things that he did and the miracles that he was doing around us and through the church that was started in our house, you know, so that's kind of the context that I came from. And your wife is from America. Now, did you meet her in the U.S. or did you meet her in India? I met her in India. She was actually a journeyman through the IMB. She came and she was working in Chhattisgarh. And well, your dad just said short-term missions were a good idea. So. <laughs> <laughs> it became a long-term mission. Yeah. <laughs> she came on a longer-term trip, a two-year commitment, and some of her friends were coming from Florida to visit with us in Delhi, and so she flew to meet with them, and that's when I met her, and um, good things happened from there. And you have two children? Well, now I have three kids. Okay. Um, my older son, he, he's three and a half. His name is Oliver. Um, my daughter, who's our second child, her name's Nora. 
and our third son, who's one month old, his name is Elijah. So there's not a boring moment in your home at all, right? (laughs) Not for now. (laughs) Oh, that's so exciting. Well, together, there's a ministry that you are co-laboring together called Love Delhi. It's a church plant, is that right? Yeah, exactly. So Love Delhi is an initiative that came out of when I was in college. I had a burden for my friends and for the students that I would meet. And there came a point in time when I, I wanted to invite them to church, but I was like, Man, I don't think they're they're going to get it over there because you know the sometimes churches can be very traditional and uh, very legalistic. So I was like, how do we engage with urban young who might never get to hear the gospel of Christ? And can we stop there a second, Jojo? When you talk about the urban young of India, can you do some comparisons how we would see the urban young in India and how we might see the urban young here? In the U.S. Yeah, so um, similarities, you know, they all love iPhones, Apple products. Uh, the Most of them like to go to Starbucks. They love to wear Nike and wear those sneakers and uh, um, Ray-Bans. Yeah, that's a uh, cool status quo. So similar. <laughs> that's what I want to make a point here with our listeners today to realize that these are young people that have the same hopes, dreams for life, and want to be successful they still have those desires to, to like possessions and things, you know, that we do too, iPhones and Ray-Bans and <laughs> everything else, you know? I appreciate you sharing that. So, Ramesh, the idea for the church, Love Delhi, that's the actual name for the, the church, I believe. That's right. That's right. Now, was this something that you started in your home? Is this an kind of a flow over from the ministry of your home originally? Yeah, that's right. We started a church from our home, you know, when we had just got married at the time, we decided that we need to do something because there was no church close by. And way back in 32 years ago, you know, we did not have much of transport in and around. So we decided that we would meet in our house and all the people started coming for a prayer meeting. And uh, through that prayer meeting, uh, it emerged a church And that church grew, and a lot of young people started coming in. And as a result, we got involved into the ministry. And then uh, this church is a kind of an offshoot that uh, when uh, Jojo saw that a lot of young people, they are unchurched people, they are outside the church, and it's very difficult for them to integrate into the church without knowing what is uh, happening in the church because uh, sometimes set of rules, you know, you come and sing and sit down and pray and then listen to the message, sometimes they are not able to relate. So here, Love Delhi, this church uh, engages people in a way that people feel comfortable. You know, they have a meeting in Starbucks, share the gospel there in a non-threatening environment. Then they are invited to a different uh, setting where they come and they uh, feel very, very comfortable because they have known somebody. And they are just totally not stranger in that situation. So that's how this... uh, Church started and ministry started growing, and young people are beginning to relate with one another. So they contact on Facebook and Twitter and uh, uh, all those things. So that's how they can continue to engage and continue to uh, nurture one, one another. So that's how it's going on. And Jojo, typically the young people we're talking about, young men, young ladies, are they too from various religious backgrounds, possibly or maybe even no faith at all? Yeah, 100% of our audience that we meet, we actually meet them 
on the streets while we're having picnics. And so we'll invite people in the marketplace. And most of them, actually 99% of them come from Hindu, Muslim or Sikh backgrounds. It's just amazing to see the response. You know, when they meet us, they feel so loved and they feel so appreciated, appreciative of when we invite them to come to something that is happening in our city and, and, and they respond. And I guess too, gentlemen, there is some type of possible retribution for them showing interest, especially if they come from strong religious families, whether they be Muslim or Hindu, knowing that they might be having interest or going to a Christian meeting. Do they sometimes face some obstacles for that, Ramesh? Yeah, many times when these people, they come into the meetings uh, at that time, you know, when they come from spiritual background, they bring baggages along with them. The time when they respond to the gospel positively and then they accept the gospel and they want to follow uh, what the gospel says. And that is the time that they are uh, kind of ostracized from the community and they face a lot of difficulties from the family. So to be a Christian, it's sometimes not easy because people look down upon you and that, okay, you have forgotten your faith of your forefathers. So that's how it's very difficult for them. Well, I've been looking also at your website called Cooperative Outreach of India, which is really a plethora of incredible ministries that are impacting people's lives. And I want to talk about some of those. But before we get into some of the specifics of those various outreaches and ministries, let's talk about your purpose, the mission of Cooperative Outreach of India. You know, you've got, you've got a real focus there. Let's talk about that, Jojo. Yeah, so uh, Cooperative Outreach of India actually started in 1991. The vision and the mission of our organization is to plant churches and to make disciples and to equip leaders that can further replicate advancement of God's kingdom. And the way we do it is through social work. We have projects that minister to children. We provide for their education and provide skills to women that live in hard conditions. We come in and teach them a skill so that they can provide for their families and um, other educational hubs and counseling hubs that we have around the city where people can come in, learn English, and sometimes, you know, just be counseled and hear about healthy living. And through those avenues, we are able to take the gospel to a lot of hostile communities. And sometimes there are projects that we find that are valuable for villages, such as providing clean water or bringing in some livelihood projects that will directly benefit farmers and villages living in tough conditions. Now, one of the uh, outreach programs is called Young Weavers International. What exactly is that? So Young Weavers International is, uh, is again, engaging with the urban young. See, when I first heard it, I thought, okay, you have these guys and girls come together and they start weaving, what, baskets or clothing together? <laughs> that's not what we're talking about, no. <laughs> yeah, that's not. So the idea is, you know, we want, we, want to br- we want to unite the Christian community, the Christian young, so that they can together learn about theology, doctrine, and how to best be relevant in their context today, you know, because our time's are changing and and churches have to go to the people and and be relevant in their approach of how they share and minister among those who might be very hostile. So uh, through those through trainings through conferences, we want to inspire and we want to 
encourage the young people that they can take the gospel to their communities, to their friends, in their colleges, and in their workplaces. Yeah. Ramesh, a moment ago, Jojo referred to technology of iPhones and those mm-hmm. things, that gadgets that we all like to get our hands on. Another technology that you're utilizing is television, TV. Is that through the internet? Are you streaming shows? Or how exactly are you doing TV talk show? Actually, this is through the satellite television channel. And India, now every home almost has a television. You know, you can imagine a a billion TV sets in every home. Uh, Beside that, uh, television is available on their handset. You know, every iPhone, every uh, Android phone and iPhone, they have a kind of uh, TV they can screen and beam. So what we have been trying to do is that we want to share gospel through all means and whatever means are available, like print media we have and then uh, through this television, we wanted uh, we have developed this talk show, and through this, we have been sharing gospel with the people, especially for the Islam. You know that there had been a time when they tried to say a lot of things against the Christianity, and that's a one-way communication. Nobody could uh, refute the, uh, uh, all those things. So we decided to come out uh, with a kind of solution, so people will have a right understanding. So it is basically there are hundreds of Muslim converts, they have come to the Lord, and they are the ones who are sharing their experiences. They are sharing their testimonies, how God has saved them, and what are the things uh, that bothers the community, what are the wrong information they have. So they are setting all things right. They are trying to share the truth. So hakikat, uh, this is called hakikat. Hakikat means truth. So they are sharing the truth, you know, uh, and they found that truth in the scripture, in the Bible. And Bible, uh, that uh, truth they bring out and share with their community that this is the truth, not what they have heard. So this is, how, this is what this program has been reaching out, not only to our country, India, but also to a neighboring country, Pakistan, and also uh, the entire Middle East. A lot of uh, Indian and Muslim, uh, Pakistani diaspora, they have been blessed through this program. So I'm so happy that God has allowed this uh, means you know, uh, this television channel in order to reach out to the communities. Well, Jojo, as your dad was talking about the truth and the truth impacting these lives, do you have any particular stories that stand out as you have produced these shows and have gotten feedback uh, from someone where the gospel has really made a difference in someone's life? Yeah, I mean, we have uh, telephone lines for specifically for this TV program, and so people can call in and then our email address is displayed on the television program so that people can email. So we get tons of emails and phone calls every day. And one story sticks out to me a lot. Recently, a girl from a Muslim family, there came a time where, where her family was pressurizing her to get married. And she was like, man, I don't want to get married. You know, I want to pursue education and, and other things. But her family kept insisting that she had to marry this certain family for from a different state. So after much counseling, this girl, she gave in and she decided to get married to this person. So the so the day of their wedding, this girl was very sad. She was not happy that she had married somebody from a different faith. And, and the story goes, the night of the wedding, she had this burning desire to share the truth to her husband. She wanted to share something that was uh, stopping her from 
being herself. So right. she actually went to her bedroom and brought out a Bible. And she said, we've been watching this television show on TV called Hakikat. And our entire family follows Jesus and I'm a follower of Jesus. And to her surprise, the husband actually goes to the living room and pulls out a Bible from his suitcase <laughs> and comes in and says, well, I've been, uh, you know, pushing off to tell you, but we also watch the same television program <laughs> and our entire family follows Jesus Christ, but we haven't revealed it to anybody. So it, it, it was so cool to see the impact that this television program is having across boundaries and ac across borders. And these families come from, you know, business backgrounds from different states, and now they live in Mumbai and they're following Jesus. It is so, so exciting, Jojo and Ramesh, to hear that story and realize here the gospel is penetrating and it's working in people's hearts like it's designed to do, you know? Yes, sir. I recently returned from a trip to Israel and I heard a story of a rabbi, a very prominent rabbi in Israel, 92 years old, and when they read his last will and testament after he passed away, he said, I have a confession to my family I became a follower of Jesus Christ. Oh, wow. That's and amazing. So, yeah, I mean, so in, in the places where you least think, that's where God shows up and he does these amazing things and transforms lives. And that's what you're seeing through your ministry. One of the things, too, is we look at the Love Daily campaign, which the vision is to involve the people of the city through service to help create change. You have a pretty big goal. And I don't know if this has changed yet, but it said this year we want to challenge 10,000 people in Delhi to find solutions for the social issues. So you're you're dealing, you're seeing how the gospel is weaving together with the issues of the day, which is very biblical, by the way. That's right. Yeah, uh, there are tons of issues in every culture, every society, in every country. And some of the more pressing issues that we've seen in India is against women and intolerance among different people groups, among different religious groups. And so we want to challenge the young to have tolerance against their brothers, against their sisters, and to learn virtues of love, respect, and honor. So we go to different schools and colleges, and then we have awareness campaigns in the city, in the marketplaces where people come. We have skits sometimes. We'll have storytelling time. Through comedy, we're able to address some of the issues. Most of the times, we'll, we'll begin with songs, and, and various bands are invited to come and follow a theme of change. So we want to inspire the urban young to live a life of meaning and purpose. And our hope is every month to engage with at least 1,000 people and to be able to bring a fraction of them to back to our uh, uh, church so that they can learn to follow Jesus and the way he's able to give life and the way he's able to give peace. And a lot of times we'll meet young people that are depressed, and have lost hope in humanity and are just hurting. And when they come to our gatherings, they experience peace, wisdom, and grace that nobody else in this world can give except for Jesus Christ. And you've created some practical ways to help people to connect with your own Ten Commandments of <laughs> respecting others. I, I like these. Respect and honor women, number one. Follow traffic rules. And do not honk in anger. We need that for the city of Memphis. That would be that'd be great. Uh, do not bear false witness against your neighbor. Treat those less privileged as you desire to be treated. Stand for the right of the girl child. Do not pay bribes. Deal honestly. 
Serve the poor and needy. Number eight, do an act of kindness daily. How powerful is that? Uh, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind. And number 10, love your neighbors yourself. These are so practical. And, you know, really, Ramesh, if the whole world, wherever country you're in, would practice these commandments, you know, along with following the principles of of God and surrendering to Christ, we would see a different world, wouldn't we? That's right, you know, and that's why God gave us these Ten Commandments. So we wanted to do something that we can do in a kind of culture that we live in, you know, where we have 33 million gods and goddesses. And in that backdrop, we wanted to basically be relevant and share these values. And these are biblical values, you know, God has given us. So we just wanted to share and make a change in our society so we can uh, proclaim the love of God in a meaningful way. Well, this has been an incredible afternoon with you. Thank you so much for sharing your love for the same Jesus that we serve and seeing just the wonderful ways that he's using the ministry there through the church. Again, the church Love Delhi and this outreach called Cooperative Outreach of India through these multi-facets of ministry that are impacting and changing lives through uh, the television evangelism and just all other, you know, the water wells, clear, clean drinking water, other ways. Matter of fact, I encourage our listeners to go to the website. What's that address for the website? It's www. Coindia.org. Coindia.org. And I want you to go. I've been there, and there is like a library of photos, and you can see incredible amounts of work that's going on through the water wells and all these different ministries you can actually see. And so I encourage you to go to that website. Again, coindia.org. Check it out, the website. I'm sure there's opportunities to partner with you, too. People might want to give a financial gift, whether it be a one-time gift or a, a regular gift, you know, as you continue to do this incredible work and get that support base. So I encourage our friends to pray about it and to also give to this outreach. Ramesh, Jojo, this has been encouraging. Thank you so much for sharing your love for God. Thank you for what you're doing for Christ's kingdom, being with us today on Mid-South Viewpoint. So glad to be here. Thank you so much for having us. And thank you for Bot Radio. Awesome. Thank you so much. God bless you. And listen, you're going to have to come back, all right? I don't know when you come back to America, but do you occasionally come back? Yes, sir. We we try to come back every now and then, uh, sometimes once a year or in two years. Okay. Well, I'm expecting the next time you come, if you're in this area and you have availability on your schedule, we get back together and share more exciting stories and updates on the work there, if that's okay. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.